Hello world and thank you for joining me today. This is Shelley Shearer and you are listening to the podcast Coulda Woulda Shoulda where I focus on not living in regret and forming high functioning habits. I want to inspire you to transform your thoughts for a happier and higher functioning life. We are what we think and we get lost in limiting beliefs. We don't eat well, we don't take charge of our money, manage our commitments and then wonder why we are stressed, overweight, in pain and unhappy with our lives. I haven't met anyone that can't change their mind. That's why I always say, see you on the flip side, as I want to journey with you on coming out the other side. Side of what you might ask? Well, that's up to you. Oh, good morning world, and welcome to the show. Thank you for joining me here today. Uh, If you caught my podcast last week, I hope you'll forgive me for all the talk about gambling, deodorant, and toothpaste. But yeah, it's been an interesting couple months, interesting journey. What are you focusing on? That really has become something that I've really had to think about this last week. I actually did that podcast the week prior, uh, so it's late getting published. I was a little just, again, just not sure what to do, where to go, where to focus. And I was visiting my naturopath yesterday, and I'm very lucky I have just the the most amazing doctor. And we got talking about a few things, because we're also friends after my treatment. Um... Focusing on what you want in your life. I talk about this a lot with law of attraction and uh, prayer, meditation, you know, the old adage of feeding the wolf, you know, what, what becomes dominant. And that has become so apparent again in my life recently. I just had a great day on Sunday. I was in, went off and picked up my granddaughter and I, uh, she asked if she could bring a friend for a play date. And it was just us because my husband was off fishing. And I said, yes, of course. I told her Jessica could come in, in prior uh, visits. And uh, she was so excited to show her girlfriend her quote unquote gra- grandma's place. She's got a playhouse out the back. And we had just had a great day. But what I realized was just the incredible mood I was in and how excited I was to see her. She is a huge part of, you know, why I do what I do in life, why I do not let myself spiral too far with bouts of depression and why I continue to podcast, even though sometimes I just don't, I wonder, you know, what am I contributing here? Why am I doing this? But she is a why for me. And there was this, you know, great post on Facebook today. And it was basically about that. You know, what is your why? Why are you doing what you're doing? Why do we carry on? And just having a conversation with my naturopath, who unfortunately is, is going through a separation, and it's really tough, especially when, you know, you've got a situation where trust has been broken and you just kind of wonder, why? <laughs> Again, back to it, why? But I really encouraged him because he's a great guy. He's just one of those, you know, honest, good guys. And it's like, please don't stop being that person. It doesn't matter if things, you know, happen that aren't as... If things happen not the way you want them, do not compromise on the person you are at heart. Sometimes that means we get our hearts broken. Sometimes that means people take advantage of us. But that longevity of sticking to who you are as a person is amazing. And you don't know it until you get older. When I was younger... I would have had no idea how some of my actions would be remembered 20, 30 years later or how they affected someone's life or how the consistency of certain ways that I lived inspired someone because I was young and inexperienced. 
But as you get older and you see these little these little windows into things and how other people perceive around you perceive you, you will be very glad that you stuck to your guns about certain things of your of your character and what you consider important in the world. It was funny. My little granddaughter, she's uh, eight and a half. And we were joking around about something. And I said, okay, now, Adelaide, how old are you? She goes, I'm eight. How old's grandma? She looks at me. I have no idea. <laughs> I says, well, grandma's turning 54 on Saturday. So who's lived longer? She goes, well, you have grandma. So who knows more? There's this pause and this little smile. Oh, I guess you do. That's right. <laughs> and it's very important to teach young people to, it's not just about respecting your elders. It's also about teaching them to respect the journey, the wisdom that uh, people older than you bring to the table and contribute and can contribute to their lives. All teenagers are young people. I was there myself. We, I thought I knew it all. Um, in my teen years, you know, most teens go through that. And then in your 20s, you know, you burst into the workforce thinking you have so much to offer and aren't they lucky to have me? Yeah, no. When they take you on, you are a trainee and they're looking at you going, I pray to the heavens above that the time and investment and money I'm about to spend on you as an employee actually becomes beneficial to my country, to my company and you, you know, bear fruit. But we don't think that way. We leave our, you know, our training, our university degrees, whatever, and we, we launch out there thinking, look at me. And you never, I never want to dampen that enthusiasm because let me tell you that is when it is highest in your life really I think is in your 20s and then your 30s you've got some maturity and some knowledge behind you and if you can keep that enthusiasm you can probably accomplish great things and by the time you're 40 you really start being self-aware about I certainly did not know it all and unfortunately a lot of people stop losing their enthusiasm and that is a shame. So having that balance of, you know, enthusiasm when you're younger, gaining some wisdom and losing your enthusiasm, but having the wisdom to, to make better choices, wouldn't it be lovely if we could raise young people to have their enthusiasm, but to understand they simply do not know it all and they need to be respectful. They need to find mentors. They need to learn. And the other, you know, the flip side of that is we get into our adulthood our more mature adulthood and then into our middle age and not lose our ability to share our knowledge and our enthusiasm to learn and to make a difference in this world. And it's funny because this is not even remotely what I was going to podcast about today, but it just is what sort of played out in my life the last few days because I was feeling a little bit like I was losing my enthusiasm. Like so many things in my life I was looking at going, why am I bothering? Including this podcast. Uh, it took a lot to get last this week's podcast that I did last week actually published just was focusing on the wrong things. Um, had a huge fight with my husband last weekend and spent the day in the gardens thinking of what life would look like if we truly separated and, and all the things we would have to go through and what that would look like. Oh, that was definitely focusing on the wrong stuff. The good news is a week later, and thanks to the people I have surrounded myself with, I'm going to go spend a couple hours in a coaching uh, scenario with a girlfriend who's a professional coach and one of my closest friends after a networking event and just 
kind of dig into some some areas of my own life. Where do I need to learn to communicate better? Where am I not seeing my husband's needs? Where am I also not fulfilling my own needs or finding my own limitations? Not limitations, I hate the word limitations. But at the same token, you do need to be aware of the game that you're in, the rules in which you're playing. You know, know sort of the parameters. I've always been a big advocate of if you're going to break the rules, you have to learn the rules first. That's why kids don't truly understand and why I'm such a big advocate of children and teenagers sort of not being bumpers. That's the having bumpers. We are to be as the adults, the consistency and the safe zone for them while they go off and explore and push their boundaries and find out where the word no keeps coming up over and over and over again. I am a big proponent of that because I truly believe that when they know where they're safe and what's allowed and what's not allowed, that in turn takes them into adulthood it will give them the ability to know when sometimes to step outside of that comfort zone, their own comfort zone. If you need to break the rules, you know what the rules are. Therefore, you understand the consequences of that. And I'm not talking about breaking the rules and doing things illegal. I'm talking about perhaps exceptions in life or when you need to, you know, create change or bring someone's awareness to that, you know, this rule's not making sense. I have sort of a policy and it's, always been my policy, maybe not when I was brand, brand new, but it certainly has been for the last almost 20 years. I just started a new client in the last few months and I go in with the attitude of learning everything about their business before I implement change because I don't know. I don't know what I don't know. It also gives the other person a confidence ability or level that says you respect my life and what I'm doing already even though they might be the ones that reached out and hired you, in this case hired me, because they knew they needed help and change, but people don't like change for the most part. So it is very important to understand the game and the rules or the processes and the business before you change them. That's that's really, for me, a, a real cornerstone on a lot of areas in my life, very much so. So young people, back to that, I find that's why I find it very important that they have real consistency in their, in their upbringings through their teen years and, going, and support going into their 20s because they are going to come out of the gate with all this enthusiasm, thinking they know it all, and oh, you know, here I am to change the world. Well, that is how the world is changed, is through that enthusiasm and through feeding those, that positive emotion. So why, when we get older, do we stop doing that for ourselves? I can tell you right now, I really don't have a really good answer. Uh, there's lots of great coaches and psychologists and books out there that answer a lot of that. I find my focus with this podcast and reaching out to you, my listeners, is to more to ask you to ask the question and to search for the answers. Be aware that there's a different way and that there's you can make a change, okay? So, um, so when you're younger and it's, you find it's your parents and mentors and teachers and, and family that, that create that enthusiasm, that encouragement for you, sometimes as we get older and, we, and we're the adults, we're the ones in charge, we sometimes have to either do that for ourselves or make sure that we have a support system in place that can help do, us, do it for us. Now, in my particular case, some of my listeners know I had a, you know, a pretty 
I had abandonment issues in my 20s because my family turned their back on me from some, for some of my actions when I was uh, coming out of high school. And that took me a long time to learn to trust uh, other people. But I have the innate need for family and for connection. It's just definitely part of who I am as a person. Therefore, I created family from friends. I found people in my life, mentors, friends, um, some of them right from I've got, I'm one of those very fortunate people right from grade school. I've still got people in my life, girlfriends and, and friends that are an amazing support system. And sometimes you will find in your life that people come and go because the phases in your life change. So I do have this amazing support system, hence why I'm going to, you know, a, co a coaching uh, appointment today. And when you create those great stable relationships, they do not have to be outside your family. In my case, they just happen to be, uh, you will find that you will feel safer because I definitely felt safe when I was younger, which was why the abandonment was so huge because my family has always been my safety net. And although emotionally I had to, you know, readjust that going into my adulthood, financially I didn't. I had to really deal with that in my 30s and the fact that I still knew that in my 20s, once we reconciled, that should things get really, really bad, my parents would always still be there for me financially. So later in life, when that was pulled away, that was another huge learning experience. It's like, ooh, these subconscious and unconscious belief systems or, or expectations that we have in our life are, are quite fascinating. However, when you build these healthy relationships in your life, the good thing is when you're going through tough times, they are there for you. They are the rock on which you stand. And I'm very fortunate that my pillars are very strong in my life. So there are people there to catch me and there are also people there to correct me and there are people there to encourage me. I try and stay aware and keep asking the questions. What is my contribution in this situation or what, what, what did I believe in this situation? What did I do to cause this situation? I don't think I've told this story but I had this huge fight with my husband last, last weekend and one of the things I had to, you know, accept a few hours later after we'd all gone to our corners was that although my concern was valid, how I communicated it was simply inappropriate. Now, one person might have been okay with the comment, my husband is not one of those people. He does not do well uh, in anything that's kind of a joke where he feels attacked. And I will tell you exactly what I did. I will own it. He needed help with something. And he grunted out two words that made no sense. And this is kind of a thing with him. He's, he's not a communicator to begin with. And with his mental acuity suffering lately, his communication skills are just in the toilet some days. Anyways, um, I'm a communicator. I struggle with my memory, but, it, you know, we've always kind of accepted that about our marriage. And he, when we were younger and together, younger in our relationship, he was very appreciative of that. But now that he's getting older and he realizes that he, there are some issues he's getting a bit defensive about it. So this is what I did. He looked at me, I need, um, and I don't even remember what the two words were, they weren't even related. So in other words, he wasn't completing the sentence. And I jokingly said, okay, we need to speak, speak in complete sentences. And he looked at me and said, fine, I don't need your help. Oh my goodness. And I was like, okay, I was just kind of joking. But that is something you might want to joke about with, you know, kids or, in a situation where there was levity to begin with, that was talking down to him. He took it that way. He was offended. And because he's not a communicator and not self-aware, he shut down completely and the fight was on because I just yelled at him. I says, well, you can't, you're being too defensive. Like we need to talk about this. 
I need you to tell me what you need. I'm happy to help you. And he just simply didn't want to hear it, didn't want to speak to me and started screaming. So I had to walk away. All of that boiled down to my communication with him, how I addressed a situation, a problem. That's all on me. Yes, he's got an issue, but I have chosen to stay in this marriage. I've chosen him as my partner. He is the person I love and the man I live with. And it doesn't matter whether it's a job that you've chosen or a family you've chosen or your children or your spouse. I have made a choice to be here. Therefore, I want the best communication and the best loving relationship possible. And that requires being aware of how I am addressing him and how that is either helping or hindering. And in this particular case, it was hurting and hindering. So hence, I'm going for a little counseling, a little coaching actually really this afternoon after a networking meeting to lay this sort of out on the table and find a better way because the communication has to happen. I believe it needs to be there in most relationships, but my life in particular, because I am a huge communicator and that need in my life is much higher than other people's, I absolutely have to own that be aware of it and work on it. It's not something I can, in other words, what I'm saying is I, it's not something I can just ignore. It's not something I can just brush under the rug, lay blame on someone else. It is something I need in my life. I am aware I'm married to a non-communicator. Okay. Therefore, who needs to do the work? Well, some of you might think, well, he does. No, I've made a choice. Remember, you have to own this. I've made the choice. I want the communication. Therefore, it is actually up to me to find the way to make that happen. And luckily, or strategically, I have the people in my life to ensure that happens. I have ensured in my life for the past 30 years that those people are in my life. So very, very fortunate that way. A little example I guess I can, I can make here is if you are having problems in multiple areas of your life, what's the common denominator? You. It's an old saying. When you are in situations like this in your life, you are the common denominator and all change starts with you. For years, I've maintained a fairly healthy, somewhat relationship with my parents, but I've been the one that has to change every time. But I made a choice that I wanted to have that relationship. Therefore, I'm the one that does the work. That's doesn't make it right, wrong, or their fault or my fault. I made a choice to maintain that relationship. I have parents that are very black and white and just really are the same people they were 40 years ago. They've done very little growth in their life. But, you know, my father's a very loving man. My mother's a very smart woman. I need, I, I needed to maintain that relationship. So therefore, I learned ways to communicate with them better, learned ways not to set them off. You don't have to agree with it. You just sometimes have to understand is the only person you can control and change is yourself. You can't change other people. You actually don't have the right and you don't have the power. So when I made the comment in last week's podcast about going to see Michael, the Michael Jackson show and his um, song, Man in the Mirror, I've always loved that song because if you want the world to change or a situation to change or anything to change, it has got to start with you. Always. There really is no exception to this rule. Any coach, any book you listen to, the message is always the same. You're the only one that can control you, your emotions, your reactions to things and how you respond and communicate to the world around you. 
So start with yourself. I hope that has given you a bit of inspiration today. Uh, I hope it has given you a bit of awareness and I hope you have a great week. Take care, everyone, and I'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you again for joining me today and remember to focus on not living in regret. I invite you to subscribe to my show so you don't miss a thing. You can reach me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at either High Functioning Habits or Living Well with Shell. And I invite you to leave a rating on my show about what you like best or message me with something you'd like me to speak on next. Remember, willpower will only get you so far, then you better have a plan.